And now, Jabroni Studios, in association with Big Herm Productions, is proud to present to you, recording from an undisclosed location in Oakdale, Connecticut, it's Chris Burns, it's Chris Lynch, this is Dysfunction Junction. Welcome back to the train ride from hell and the non-stop to nowhere. You are looking out the window. The sign post says, welcome to Dysfunction Junction. Fuck yeah! Okay, that is my favorite part of the show. And if I ever have another child, I'm going to name said child, fuck yeah. So I can show up at your house and say, here's Emma. Oh, and here's... Fuck, Fuck yeah. yeah. I'm going to do that one more time. The signpost says, welcome to Dysfunction Junction. Fuck yeah. yeah. My name is Chris Burns. To my immediate left, my co-host. Chris Lynch. And the hit maker, the record breaker. He's got smile and grace and you love his face. He'll make your back crack, your liver quiver. If you don't dig this mess, you're at the wrong address. And while all the other podcasters are laughing and joking, Big Herm's out front. Woo! Cooking and smoking. It is Big Herm Michael Herman. What's up? I, fig- I figured after last week, given, giving Derek the Undertaker the big entrance, you deserved the big entrance too. You're laughing, but it's true. How's everybody doing this week? Doing all right. Doing all right. Doing I got some right. sad news. For all of you out there in podcast land, we just learned today. It's so sad. (laughs) I don't know if I can go on. I don't think we can either. But we lost Dickfish. The Dickfish is gone. (sighs) He lived a good life. He did. He came to me at three years old. I've had him for three years. You know how I know you're gay? Why? Because the Dickfish came to you when you were three years old. (laughs) Three years ago. Today we ask you to take off your hats and bow your heads in honor of, of Dick, Dick Fish. of Dickfish McGee, who lived a good, healthy life here with Lynch, who may or may not have diddled him. No. No. <laughs> was that too much? Maybe, I think either was perfect. Maybe, <laughs> maybe just a bit. I'll give myself the buzz. Cancel yourself, dude. I'm banned from the show. But I can't be today. Because today we have from three sides of the coin, the absolute number one KISS podcast. He's also a realtor. He's a photographer. He hates the Green Bay Packers. He's a man of all trades. Tommy Summers is going to come on and help us build a band. Update real quick. Uh, Talked to Joey Casada earlier today. He wants to come back in the next month or two once his schedule lays itself out. Wants to do the show. We are going to do a cross promotion where I will go on top five with Joey Casada <coughs> and do an episode. Are you going to die? No. Please don't die. I'm good. That was quick. And then very early. This and then week. later on, before they hit the road, Nathan Hunt from Shaman's Harvest will be here to talk a little music with you guys. And uh, he's also the whiskey drinking champion of the world. So uh, beyond that, I know you, sir, want to talk about <clears throat> masks. So why don't you get your quick hit out of the way? All right. So just scrolling through my news feed and my Facebook posts about 10 minutes ago, I see that the governor wants to lift all uh, ba- um all restrictions on masks for children. And that's the governor of Connecticut. Correct. Fuhrer uh, Lamont. <laughs> Mr. Lamont. Um, Fuck him. He wants to lift all the mandate on masks February 28th by this year. Um, so I'd be interested to hear you, your personal feedback here in the studio with me and your and any of our fans, what, what you think and what your position is on that. Um, I personally say if your kid has been vaccinated and had the booster... I, I mean, we're 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 literally at the bottom of this curve right now with the with the 
the the new variant Omicron. Um, we, I, I think, the kids have been conditioned enough in the last two years to understand. As a third third grader, you can't lick your hands and smack each other around and kiss each other in the face. It ain't like it was in the eighties, right? Well, no, not not like how you the three of us grew up. Herm used to lick his finger and flick me in the back of the ear. That shit hurt. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I understand the stress it puts educators under, and they're understaffed. Their au pairs are like, their paraprofessionals are like dropping like flies because they get sick, and then they can't show up to work to assist, especially with special education kids. And that's the hardest challenge. Um, my very good friend's wife is a special educator in, in this school district, and it's just... It's rampant. You you can't control what an eight or nine year old kid with special needs is going to do. And <clears throat> my personal viewpoint on that is like if you can't get the kid to just, not, I don't want to say conform. I want to say to understand the basis behind why we wear masks. Maybe we leave that up to the levity of the teacher. However. If you have those exceptions where you have a kid that understands and and just kind of like goes with the flow, look, Johnny, you need to sit at your desk. You can't go over here and, you know, put your wet hands all over friggin' Wendy's desk and you, you have to stay in your own space. Our community time is our community time. It's when we all do things together in a group. Um, I don't know. You're going to get positives and negatives on both sides of this coin. I'm for it with maybe the the levity of certain teachers inserting certain programs within the, the school systems. <clears throat> Having the levity to say, well, you know, I've had problems with little Johnny Rotten here throughout the entire COVID thing. Constantly taking his mask off, constantly not listening. And maybe we need to just reformulate a, 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 a plan for him and how he interacts with the other other children in the room um flip side of that coin is well i mean how your child acts in school is reflective of how your child acts at home if you don't have a good firm grip of how your child acts at home maybe just maybe your kid should be in school maybe this is a a a specific case for home education uh tutors online online teaching Chris has got Chris is like biting his upper lip, mm-hmm. and I, I I probably know why, but I mean, I, I I I can't say that anything I just said is irrational or unreasonable. I can't say that either. What I can say is that the COVID mortality rate amongst children eighteen and younger in this country is point zero four percent, and that's part of the why that you have to take the teachers' consideration into into consideration into the factors. I certainly don't disagree with that. However, <clears throat> we we talked about this in December when we had the COVID fallout episode. You don't get vaccinated to protect the people. You get vaccinated to protect yourself. yourself. Yes. Now, if you're that. in an age range where the COVID-19 virus is not going to cause you in 99.94% of the time, or if I'm doing my math right, any deadly harm, why are we masking the kids? Kids need, when they learn, to see facial expression and the way the mouth moves. You remember, you, you don't have any kids, Lynch, but Herm has three. 
I have one. I've been around my fair share of kids. And you hold a baby in front of your face and you talk to the baby and they see the way your mouth moves and they learn. There is now a steep curve in the last two years of kids between the ages of two and five who are behind the curve in learning because we're masking everybody. Well, and, and you have to take into uh, consideration the fact that they were homeschooled for how long? They were homeschooled for quite a long time. Correct. So you don't have that social it's interaction. It's not the same as if, you, you know. You don't have the social interaction. When my daughter was little, you got to see her when she was an uninteresting blob in diapers. Herm, unfortunately, saw her later when she was an uninteresting blob in pull-ups. <clears throat> in pull-ups. So <laughs> they learn by seeing, reacting, doing, moving, feeling the masks and, dare I say, the, the Zoom video schooling doesn't help. It's not the same. You can sit a kid in front of a TV for hours and watch television. They're not going to learn a damn thing. It's that it's that in-person, face-to-face. That's how that that's part of the way you learn. There's a lot of different ways, but that's part of it. Well, it's all about per- personal interaction and learning social cues and learning ver- uh, non-verbal cues, um, which is huge with kids nowadays. Sure. Be- like you said, you can plop a kid in front of your Netflix and put or Disney and put Peppa Pig on for nine hours a day. I'm not going to learn a fucking thing. No, they're not going to learn a thing. Um, I think it's important for kids to be socially interactive and to be socialized with peers of their same age, of their same capacity, and even maybe so people that are less capacity so they understand, okay, he doesn't re- respond well to this action. He doesn't respond well to this interaction that I, I'm presenting to him. Am I smiling? Am I growling? Am I, you know, like when you see Do a dog. Do I just dog, have a, sne- a, a, like a nasty sneer on my face? Right. When you see a dog, you can tell if a dog's friendly. Do they have their tongue out and they got the wide eyes or are they showing their teeth? And with their tail between their legs. And Bingo. They're, they're, they're doing a, a... Or the a, hair on their back standing straight up like Mr. T's Mohawk. Defensive posture. Exactly. You know, and 90% of learning is visual. Mm-hmm. And I'll always be 100% uh, in, in, in agreement with that because you don't... I'm a visual person I, and I'm a tactile person. I can read a book and remember some information but the act of me actually building something doing something that goes a lot further than with me than just reading a book sure and you've known this about me for a long time i could text you i'm wearing shoes and you can take that any way you want but if i see you in person and you just look at me and go i'm wearing shoes i get it it's the tone it's the face it's the inflection it's everything that goes with it which is why Every woman in my life, from my daughter down to every ex I've ever had, doesn't understand that the little gimmick machine does not correctly convey what you're trying to say. These little five by three bricks that we carry with... Oh, by the way, you got a notification earlier when we were off air. Nicki Minaj has a new video she wants you to watch. Oh, okay, cool. You know how I know you're gay? Because you're getting Nicki Minaj notifications. It's, It's like TikTok or something. I don't fucking know. You're on TikTok? I only do it for Here we go. entertainment purposes only. Oh, my God. I don't post. I just read. I watch. And I laugh my ass off. I got nothing. Um, It was probably Newsbreak because I follow that a lot. Okay. Cause only, New, be, only because Newsbreak New, often reports Nicki Minaj videos. Well, no. Newsbreak also reports often um, local news. Okay. Because Nicki Minaj recorded a video here in Oakdale, Connecticut. Or locally. Right, right, right. 
Who knows? Who doesn't you? matter. I get what you're saying. Uh, thank you to Fuhrer, Verm- Fuhrer Vermont. Fuhrer <laughs> Lamont, easy for me to say, for doing what you should have done a fucking year ago. Twat waffle. Well, and, he, and here, here's going to be the fallout from that is that you, but it's too little too late. You still have, like I said earlier, you have public schools with paraprofessionals that are out due to COVID sickness. They can't handle the class load. Um, you have teachers that are out and now you have substitute teachers trying to teach special needs and specialized uh, courses to students that they, they don't know. They don't know these kids. They haven't been with them every day for the last three years of their of their career. Because a lot of times special needs and special education kids stick with the same group of teachers throughout their elementary school mm-hmm. until correct, their junior correct. high career. Right. So they know them. They know them like the back of their hand. They know how to handle them. And then you throw somebody else in the mix who has this throws their hands up and says, I have no idea what to do here and I got no support. <clears throat> Should so, have been trained better. Move on. Well, it's not necessarily true to have been trained better. It's just that substitute teachers are a special creature. You That is a good point. You, you're you a pinch hitter on a snow day that somebody doesn't feel like traveling 20 miles from their home to the school. You're a pinch hitter when you, know, you have the flu or your kid is sick and you have to go in and, and perform a function. You may know the kids just by sight, but you don't emotionally know these kids. You don't know what their needs are. You don't know how to cater to their to their sense of worth and their sense of how do I handle this situation? No, that's fair. I'll buy it. You? I'm good. We've got off the topic of the how the mask is story is should have been done. Should have been done we're, a year ago. We're, we're on substitute teachers and special ed kids now. We've pivoted. You you did see who was speaking, right? We've pivoted like 342 <laughs> degrees. But a lot of what I said, it, it falls into no, that, it, that reasoning. Wait, but y- 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 mm, yes. To me personally. It does. It does. It does. Are you mad about the dick fish? No. Right. No, I'm, I'm not. Mad. I'm mad about the dick fish. I'm not mad about the dick fish. Right. Not at all. Well, I'll you got Pendejo at home. You're good. I'll That's draw right. a new one and put it in the tank. Please do. <laughs> Make it a veiny bastard. Big triumph. All right, so before we bring on our special guest, we want to take a few minutes. Lynch has an announcement he wants to make. And guys, pay attention. Listen good. We're going to give Lynch about a good five to ten minutes before we take a break. Bring our Easy for me to say. Come on, Chris. Bring our, I know. I'm, I'm ver- usually the one that tongue-tied. I'm verklempt today, and you know why. But um, yeah, I'm uh, sure. Lynch, take it away. All right, so ladies and gentlemen, fans of the cast, people that I know, um, I'm taking a sabbatical basically f- <laughs> just from the cast, but from my life here in general in my, my own home. Uh, I have some issues and demons I have to deal with. And I, my wife and I kind of come to blows about it. And we both feel that this is needed for me to deal with these problems and get myself at almost 50 years old. <sighs> get back to be the person I was at. 30 I, 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 I'm having a very hard time with my depression my anxiety and other things substance related not pills I'm not shooting up you can draw a conclusion from there and I think it's just fair to let everybody know that in the next four to five weeks I won't be here I will contribute as much as I can I told Herman Chris to continue on the cast 
and they said your seat's always open. Um, I'm going into this with a lot of support, mostly from these two and my wife. And it, 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 to me, it, at first, I felt like I'm failing people in my life and that I'm letting them down. But at the, the end, end of the day, how I feel about myself is, how, is the most important way to feel, period. Because I, I can't do this without support and I can't do this without, without that kind of encouragement. Um, you know, again, I'll be doing a little video podcast, a little video cast when I can, put it on the page, uh, let you know how I'm doing, how I feel. Um, basically, giving you a slice of life as to what making yourself feel better feels like. And uh, I've talked to two different counselors in the last two days from facilities, one in Florida, one here in Connecticut. And they gave me their personal cell phone numbers, and I've been texting them all day. They're like, we're, we're both recovering and we, we made the same step and we're here with you every step of the way. If you have a question, I don't care if it's two in the morning, five in the morning, three in the afternoon, text me. I'm available as a resource and ask me questions and ask me and tell me how you're feeling. Uh, I've been in, in one-on-one therapy again via like video chat for the last several months and I just don't think that's enough for me I need to be held accountable for my actions I need to be held accountable for some damage I've done in my life and I want to make myself a better person and I want to make myself happier um something somebody said to me the other day is uh, you're not the same person you were 15 years ago and that really that really tore me up because I'm not I know that based upon reflecting on what what I've done in a lot of cases, if you don't mind me interrupting, being the same person you were 15 years ago is a part of growth and is a part of life. But I see to an extent what they could have been saying. What, what the, the, the basis behind that, that comment was that you're not, you're still a funny son of a bitch. You're still. Well, that's debatable. <laughs> fuck you. Yes. <laughs> not right now. Um, Harm, turn around. You're you're still you're still <laughs> did. you're still very approachable, and you're you're like the easiest guy to talk to ever. If I have a problem, I can always come to you. And the 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 problem I see myself in right is right now is that I take on everybody else's problems and forgo my own issues, and then I get depressed and anxious and just turn to vices that I shouldn't turn to. I need to. I want to be around for another 50. And I wouldn't I, mind seeing that. I'll be I, dead I, before and, then, but, you know. I, and I, I, I encourage anybody that's having having issues with depression, suicidal thoughts, self-harm, um, alcoholism, any type of substance abuse, please reach out. These guys have been so supportive in 36 hours. I, I, I can't even tell you how awesome these guys are. And, like, just before these these two got here uh they both texted me and said how you doing tonight are you okay do me a favor say that again what how supportive i am how awesome i am i just like hearing it <laughs> well you are i mean you we, we we talked last night we talked a little bit today mike reached out today unfortunately again i spent all morning on the fucking phone um but i'm saying from the bottom of my heart my little black cold heart right here in the middle that i appreciate both of your support and your your even like 
give a shit attitude about it. Well, I, 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 mean, I always the, 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 this is something one thing in my life that I actually kind of get derived joy from. And there's a lot of other factors that have have gone in my life since 2014. I lost my dad 2016 tumor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> 2018 lose my job 20 year 20 year long job and then other bumps along the road. It's just and I've applied every I have applied fucking everywhere. And when I get told by stop and shop that I'm not qualified to be a fucking deli counter person. That's a little sideways. Well, here here's the thing. You when, can't cut baloney when you're 50 years old applying for a job that's entry level skills. Their fear is, oh, he's going to be bored with these, he's just going to quit. They don't know. And that's, I've had two interviews in the last six months that were honest in our email reply as to why they didn't select me. And I replied personally back to them and I said, I appreciate that input. I want to know why you didn't select me. Was it something I said? Is it, some, is it a skill set that you think I, I would need more training on? Because I'm willing to get educated on how to do things. <clears throat> but I'm a pr- pretty quick learner. You know, the, task me with anything. I'll get it done. Well, the older we get, the faster it takes us to learn things because as a kid, your mind is going in 16 different directions. Christ, I, I would dare say, put me in a job I started 20 years ago. I'd learn it in a week rather than the four weeks of training, quote unquote, four to, that they gave you. Yeah, you know, four, to, four to nine weeks that they gave right. you. And, and you know, it, it to me, it's... It's personally frustrating that I, I put myself out there and, oh, sorry, we went moved along with another candidate. Sorry, we, we didn't select you. Well, well I, I think I speak for Herm on this. Before we take a break and go to Tommy Summers from Three Sides of the Coin, by the way, listen to Three Sides of the Coin, Kiss great Podcast. Cast. Even if you don't like Kiss, this week is a great episode. Larry Mazur, former, former manager of Kiss, who told Gene Simmons, knock it the fuck off, get out of Hollywood, Get away from Liza Minnelli and be a goddamn musician again. And it worked. Um, I think I speak for Herm on this one where you, you're not letting us down. You're not letting your wife down. The only person you let down was Dick Fish, who I, I miss. <laughs> and I don't know how I don't know how I'm going to get over Dick Fish. Poor Dick Fish. I know. Like every week I sit here and he comes out and he says <laughs> hello. And the other little fish just kind of do their thing. None of them like me. But Dick Fish, Dick Fish loved us. And... Uh, we're going to miss him. But no, you're not letting anybody down. And like I said to you earlier today on the phone, and if you don't mind me bringing this out, no, I'm like, go ahead. I've always got your back, you know, and we may take different routes. As I told, you know, the listening world, when I was going through my shit two years ago, you basically cut me off for a month. I know why you did it. Let's not get into that again. Right. <laughs> but dude, I don't care. Anytime, night or day, you, you want to get to me, get to me, man. It's... uh a better you and an alive you and a, a happy you is better than the alternative. So, um, yeah, you've got my full support, my full backing, and uh, I got your six no matter what, man. Now, I'm going into this kind of like I didn't sleep at all last night. and I'm going to be completely honest. I, I'm like I know I'm doing the right thing, but then my mind races all the time and I'm thinking about things. What the fuck? Just have a drink. Yeah, I Michael P.S. Herman. Did I, did, did I say something? That's the whole fucking problem. Um, okay, now dude, but, just have a drink and sleep better. I'm gonna, Jesus. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I, I do kind of want to digress from this a little bit. I did have, and by my own admission, and you know this, I had a. Ridiculous 
ridiculous drinking problem. And part of that was I was trying to drink pain away. And what I found in the last year or so is that, and Herm will tell you this because I'm probably around him more than we're all together. Right. Is that I finally know now where my limit is. I learned to control it. And and I know that some people can't. I know that some people, one is not enough and 10 is never enough. I, I just know that however you do this, when you come out on the other side, we're all there for you, dude. No, I appreciate we're all there it. for I you. I really appreciate that. And and that I just I thought it was fair to tell our, you know, we're just getting traction here, and that's what made me feel really bad when I made this decision yesterday. I was like, but I'm like, you know, I, if there's any one thing that I have to sacrifice, it's to make myself better. Mm-hmm. Because at the, when I come back in four to five weeks, I want to be a better me than I was when we started this. I'll drink project. to that. Wait. Have a have a Coke and smile. I got a Coke right here. And, I'll and a big Y Cola. Yes. Yeah, see, I went both ways this time. <laughs> and in the back of my car, I have Dr. Sparkle, which is the knocked off, knock off Dr. Pepper from Price Chopper. Oh, I thought that was Dollar General. No. I could take you out there. It's got this dude on it. looks like Tyler Perry with a thinner no, I face. Think I, I think I've seen it. <laughs> Whereas the the Mountain Dew knockoff from Price Chopper looks like Matt Walsh with a thinner face, That's, and I love me some Matt Walsh. Is that Doctor Lightning or something? No, I don't know the Citrus Citrus Blast or some bullshit like that. Nice. So anyway, guys, that's that's my piece for the week. Um, I love you all. Thank you for listening. And these two guys, from the bottom of my heart, love you both. And we we you, may or may not allow you back. That's a meeting we're going to have in about three weeks. We'll talk about that post. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, right now we're going to take a quick break. Some of us may have to pee. Some of us may not. When we come back, Tommy Summers from Three Sides of the Coin is going to help us build a band. We'll be right back. Welcome back once again to the train ride from hell and the nonstop to nowhere. This is Dysfunction dunk- Junction. Easy for me to say. God damn it. I'm having trouble today, Lynch. Oh, you have the Lynch syndrome. I, you know what? I have to take over for you for four to five weeks. Da, 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 I got to do something. Da, Jesus da, Christ. Da, da. So in order to build a band, you have to have intelligent people join you in order to do it. I reached out to two musicians. They're both busy. They're doing their thing. They're going to be here in about a month or so. Who's the most intelligent human being I ever talk music with other than you guys? It's the KISS podcaster, one-third of three sides of the coin, master realtor. If you have to buy a house in Minnesota, he's your guy. Also a great photographer, and he hates the Green Bay Packers. It's Tommy Summers from Three Sides of the Coin. Tommy, how you doing tonight, bud? Welcome. Hi, guys. Thank you. That was a very kind introduction, but I'm sure the moment you said intelligent music talk and then you said I was a KISS fan, that was pretty much done. Yeah, we had two <laughs> intelligent guys that were going to do it, but we couldn't get them, so we got you. Listen to you. <laughs> like, you wanted the best... Well, they couldn't be here, so so we got you. Ex. You want the best? You get the second best. I hope. Exactly. I hope when I hope when Joey listens to the show this week, he hates both Tommy and I. Oh, of course. All <laughs> right. So the premise of this, all you fair listeners, and again, I'm gonna I'm gonna lift Tommy up. He likes a lot of really strange and eclectic music, as do I. And how Tommy and I became friends. I've listened to his podcast for years, but he would babble on about cheap trick and i was just like really i can't fast forward this enough went and saw cheap trick went on the the facebook messenger machine i was like 
sir i owe you an apology oh they're a completely different band if you see them live bro amazing completely different band and it wasn't soon so completely. long after that tommy and i started talking on a regular basis so uh i like him he likes me so i think and uh we'll go <laughs> at least tolerate you everybody yeah. tolerates me <laughs> Everyone likes you as far as you know. Exactly. At least that's what they tell me to my eyes. So, Herm, you want to lay this out to the people? We're going to start with Tommy on each pick. We'll start with Tommy on each one. All right, so here's the deal. We've decided we're going to build a band, and each one of us is going to build a band. We're going to fill five normal spots and two auxiliaries. We're going to fill drums, bass guitar, rhythm guitar, lead guitar, singer, and then there's two auxiliary positions anybody can use to fill if they want. All right, so we're going to start with the drums. And with our first pick on drums, we'll go right to Tommy. Butch Fig. Wow. Okay. That's a good choice. All right. Yeah. All right. Butch. And and the reason, the reason that I chose him is not only do I think he's an incredible musician, but he also is one hell of a producer. So he would have a lot of say in how the band sounded when it was recorded, which to me is a really big deal. That's wild. That's excellent, fantastic. Excellent, excellent choice. I think, yeah, because I think the garbage records, when you compare them to so many others from the same time period, blow most other bands away. The production's just over the top. And I know it's not just Butch Big. It's the rest of the guys also. But nonetheless, it's unbelievable. Well, you also have to look at... Um... Smashing Pumpkins, Green Day, Foo Fighters, Nirvana. He his his background is like holy shit. This was the yeah. foundation of grunge and like bringing rock back. <clears throat> right, right. So for those of you that aren't familiar with him, or you're not familiar with Garbage, uh, if you want to play along, what I would recommend is go to YouTube and type in Garbage Bad Boyfriend. Oh, and great, song. <laughs> great song. Great song. Yeah, and you'll totally, for those of you that don't know, will totally understand why I was saying what I was saying. That's phenomenal. Excellent. As Herm would say, that's good shit right there. That's good shit right there. All right. Well, who's, who's... probably going to have the odd po- odd picks, so. No right, worries. So, uh, all right, so so Burns, what do you got for all right. a drummer? Oh, God. When the rest of my band comes out, you're going to see that this band is all about frenetic energy. So who better than Keith Moon as a drummer? All right. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. I can buy it. I love his energy. I, I just love his, he's all over the place, his his motion, his sound, his energy, not so much a drug use, but he was really the foundation for what became the heavy metal drummer, him and John Bonham. All right. Yeah. All right. I guess that's you now, Lynch. All right. So again, I told you it's an old school pick, mm-hmm. probably something you would never even think of. Buddy Rich. I thought about that. God damn it. Nice. One of the best jazz drummers and just all around great musicians that I he inspired me to want to be a drummer. When the I was minute a kid. you said the minute you said old school, I'm like, if that motherfucker picks Buddy, Buddy Rich, Rich, um, that's what made me want to play drums when I was a kid. And unfortunately, my mom was like, uh, "No drums in my house, thank you." <laughs> so I picked guitar. Okay, well. <laughs> Um, just a, just a, a great guy, um, a great mentor to other drummers and his timing and signatures were fucking retarded. Some he of would, those fills were fantastic. He would switch, um, timing signatures in 20 seconds 
like six times. And it just incredible. And he, look at his kit. It's a very simple kit. Mm-hmm. You're not talking like a 20-piece fucking Neil Perk kit. You're talking about a five-piece, maybe six-piece. And he would make some fucking mean noise out of those, out of those drums. That's Wow. And he was good on The Muppet Show. Oh, of course. <laughs> Excellent on The Muppet Show. All right, Herm. All right, so uh, I'm going... Uh, I'm doing a funk band. I figured. Um, and uh, so my drummer is Questlove. Wow, nice. He, we're going to start with Questlove. Dude, I fucking love that guy. When I watch him on um, Fallon, you he can throw any song at them and they can fucking play it. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Between that and him being a, 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 a having uh, being a producer, and uh, I, I'm thinking that not just as a drummer. But his artistic his, ability, his ears add, amazing, will add to a group like in in a way that just not a guy who normally just beats on skins will. His ear is amazing, and yep. he know he knows he can lead. Just him doing the beat, he can lead the rest of the band into following him. Get the bass going, get the guitar going, get a get a riff, and get yep. the and get the the tone of the song moving. Yep, that's that's uh, a great pick. Kind of for the same reason that Tommy uh, pulled Butch Vig. For the production value, yeah. Uh, same yeah. reason I'm pulling Quest Love. That's a great. That's a Makes great sense. pick, man. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So when I was thinking about this, I I'm looking at it from not just the the members of their musical ability, but to your point, the other things that they bring to the group to make it successful. No, that's a good point because when I'm building my band here, I want frenetic energy. I want someone you go if you were to go see this band live you want to let yourself go and just lose your shit whereas i think where you're going herm is more dancing funky yeah i want i'm looking for a band that that that, that the, the the stadium is pretty much going to like dance for two get hours. out your seat and move your feet that's, that's it is that shake well, the yeah. ass for a couple hours and a lot of it is leadership too you need that one one or two key people to to like establish that role as a leader in the band to kind of just like Yes, yes. Get, get, get the when, momentum going. When we get to the lead singer part is where that will all tie Not in. me, because I want to know who's going to lead this merry band of miscreants that all I right, have on so my... All right, so at this point, we're going to go on. We'll move on to the bass. All right, we'll move on to the bass players. So, uh, again, we're going to start with Tommy on this one. Bass player. I'm going to choose Philip Schaus. Um, for those of you that don't know who he is, Philip is the bass player in Ace Fraley's band. Yep. He also plays an Accept, and he's got to be one of the most gifted musicians that I've ever met in my life. Not only does he play the bass, he can play guitar, he can sing, and he's really good with song arrangement, and he's also really good with just like being the leader of the band as far as the musical aspect of it. So I want someone who is... Uh, the type of player who could literally play funk if he wanted, but he could also play metal. Very he, he cool. Play yep. all and so I'm figuring he would work well with Butch Vig. Fantastic. Excellent. Mm. Wow. Excellent. <laughs> Philip Schaus. All right. So uh, Lynch, bassist. All right. So I'm going again through my frenetic type of musical qualities here. Flea. Wow. Okay. Another guy who could play funk. He could play rock. He can play metal. He again. That's a great choice. He is just. Yeah. He yeah. is just like. Yeah. A, Flea he, is a good choice. He's a well-rounded musician, and he has an ear, and he knows how to keep the energy up. I mean, there's not many guys in in their musical career that can say they 
played in front of a live audience with cocks, uh, socks on their cocks, and and kept a straight face and did it like they they fucking owned it. I did it, but I got arrested. That was called prison. <laughs> well, it's like Miley Cyrus. Can it was just it. that one time. Miley Cyrus can lick a hammer in a v- music video. I go into Home Depot. I do that. It's inappropriate and not acceptable. <laughs> Understood. <laughs> but no, Flea is just like another ball of energy, and. You gotta think he's in his six, almost sixty now. Yeah, as is Anthony Kiedis and 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 Chad, the drummer, who yeah. was another who was like almost there. That was as, like a one A for you. That was a maybe a two A, okay, pick for me because he's a, a great drummer. Um, that band has been Jesus Christ. So nineteen what eighty five that band was formed, give or take, and they've gone through so many personnel changes. That they've had Dave Navarro. Uh, uh, Frashante. Frashante, John Frashante, who unfortunately lost his life through drug addiction. And, you know, the constant members have been Flea, Chad, and uh, Anthony Kiedis. Now, a little known fact, Anthony Kiedis' father was an actor in the 70s and 80s. He actually appeared in Death Wish. Mm-hmm. And so he was exposed to this whole environment. So he had it like kind of like the in, you know. Um, anyway, that's my pick for, for bassist. I just think, again... That energetic leader of the band, kind of like let's pump you up to get you fucking moving. Nice. All right. So, Chris, who's your bassist? Oh, I can't wait to hear what you guys think of this. Five letters, one word. Lemmy. I I like the way he plays with the guitar versus he plays it like a guitar. The bass. If you've ever watched Lemmy, he's constantly strumming. He's not picking. He's strumming. Yes. He's going at it. He's just wild frenetic energy there's not even a slow motorhead song is not a slow motorhead song he has more of a john entwistle way of playing almost made my list by the way um john entwistle was from the who and was like very like one of the first bassists that would actually play chords on their bass as opposed like you said finger picking and just all over the fret I cannot disagree with Lemmy as so a... So you see uh, the correlation between Keith Moon as my drummer yes. and Lemmy as my bassist. Yeah, that, that's a great... Drugs. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Drugs and Jack Daniels. Well, it's going to happen a couple times on my list. Once or twice, once or twice. All right, so it's to me. It's to me for a bassist. And my bassist, uh, nobody probably knows who this is. Um, my bass guitarist is going to be Thundercat. I used to watch that when I was a kid when Lionel... No, that's the Thundercats. Oh, shit. This is Thundercat. Um, Amazing bassist. Um, Also a solo artist and a producer. Um, Again, uh, does that whole... Adds a bunch of things by just being the bassist. The layers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just more development of flavor, so... There we go for that. So, which means we've done what? We've done drums. Drums and we've bass. We've done bass. Oh, All right. he was in Suicidal Tendencies. Wasn't he? Thundercat? Thundercat? No. No, that was Robert Trujillo. Yes. <laughs> no, I'm looking up uh, Thundercat bassist Stephen Lou Bruner, known as stage name Thundercat. Is he black? Yeah. That's him. He was in Suicidal Tendencies. The dude with the <clears throat> Pittsburgh Pirates hat? This dude right here. That's him. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, he wasn't suicidal. Um, late suicidal, not like yeah, early. not the yeah, early no, not shit. early like not Trujillo, no, era. no, no, at the end. Okay. All right, so we're gonna move on to we're moving on to rhythm guitar, and we're going back to Tommy first for that rhythm guitarist, Charlie Star from Blackberry Smoke. 
Oh wow! Wow! Because he has, he just has this thing. Uh, it's an intangible thing. I can't tell you what it is, but I like the idea of having um, different people in the band that will be able to sing. He also can sing, mm-hmm. so he's mm-hmm. dual. He's dual for me. Wow! You kind of go in the same direction I'm going. I have three different guys in this group that could potentially sing and have sung on records, Lemmy being one of them. Um, I'm just going to take over. My rhythm guitarist, I had to decide who whose riffs do I want to be the lead and whose thick chunk do I want to be the rhythm. So my rhythm guitarist is going to be, to nobody's surprise, Mr. Zach Wilde from Black Label Society. There you go. Good choice. Yeah, and, and when you listen to those records, he, even when he does, when he did that one record where he did all the guitars, all the bass, I think it was a hangover music. Yep. And his rhythms were tight, but he's known as this, you know, Shredalopolis, but his rhythms are really tight. And I think going in the direction I want to go with this band, that Zach is the perfect guy to play rhythm. Nice. All right. Fair enough. All right. All right. So my turn with rhythm. Yep. You have no rhythm. I got the beat. Oh, here we go. No. Anyway, uh, Tony Iommi. Nice. Um, so you're looking at a dual-purpose guy. He could fill in on the leads when he had to, but you're looking at a four-piece band, a quartet that you would think would be like eight people when you heard them on the album or heard them live. Um, he could interchange himself from being the lead player to the rhythm player, and the way he and his bassist would counteract with each other was just fucking amazing. And I actually got to see the original lineup of of Black Sabbath how many ever years ago at Ozfest. It was twenty two thousand. Wait, yeah, twenty two thousand two thousand one at Ozfest um, on their like ninth farewell tour. Yeah, what's well, like Kiss but um, different. He yeah. he, <laughs> he falls in line with the lead player, he falls in line with the drums and the bass, and he's just, just, and he, he's overcoming a handicap. He's, he's missing part of his finger mm-hmm. that he puts a little cap on. Which adds the, to the thickness of the sound. And, and it's just, it's that chunky fucking guttural sound. Mm. So you see where I'm going with my band. I, I, it's a big, bold, like arena crusher. All right. That you, right. you would be willing to go see, pay a hundred bucks to go see. So far, so good. Yeah. All right, there, P Funk. What do you got? Um, for my rhythm guitarist, um, Nile Rodgers. Okay. That. Oh, I, what I, else can you say? What else? I mean, let's be honest. I mean, pick me a record that he played on that you don't remember the 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 licks. The, the, the backup riff and the line that he dropped. I mean. I don't like Madonna, but the riff that Nile laid down on that that guitar riff is, is it, I don't even have to play the song. I just have to play the riff, and you know what it is. I'll yeah. still never forgive him for was not was. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, you know, I'm not saying that he hasn't worked with some 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 kooky and some some funky establishments, but his work is solid and on point, and everything he touches that. It's just a beautiful line. But again, he, he comes from a producing background as well. He produced oh, very much he has so. produced a lot of al- a lot, lot of a funk lot. albums. 
And why don't you all shut up and let Tommy talk? His ear is like <laughs> fucking perfect. No, I'm just listening, you guys. I think it's really interesting. I just want to. I, I just want to get you in on this somehow. Yeah, I'm. I'm jumping in. It's just the thing you have to understand is there's a lot of the the people that have been that you're bringing up. I don't. I'm not that familiar with, so I can't say all that much about them one way or another. Understood. I mean, I know who I know who Lemmy is, and I know who um, Niles Rogers are is. I know several different people, but a lot of them I don't know. Okay, fair. I'll get. I'll buy it. All right. So. All right, so we go from there. We're going to we're going to, we're going to lead, lead guitar. guitar now. Yep. All right, so and back to Tommy. First spot, lead guitarist in your build a band. John Five. Wow. Nice. That's a great pick. Yeah. Well, thank you. Uh, the reason is is because he's a super nice guy. Number one, not that that should matter, but he just is. But he, there's nothing he can't play. So I figure no matter what kind of music this band ends up making, whether it be pop or metal or whatever it is, the guy can play it. Absolutely. Good call. Good call. I, the first I time I ever heard John Five was on the uh, Rob Halford 2 record, which was a hunk of junk. But John Five, his playing was phenomenal. <clears throat> He's gone on to play with just about everybody. Manson. Marilyn Manson. Zombie. Uh, zombie. Yeah, you, you, you're, you're, you're killing me right now because you're exactly right. And he did some session work with uh, a famous pop star not too long ago. Uh, um, probably. I, I don't keep up on that sort of thing, but... Reading, reading in my uh, little Google machine I was going to say, go to the Google machine, see what um, it says. David Lee Roth for a short period. Yeah. Uh, Manson, Zombie, Loser. Oh, wow. Uh, Skinnerd. He was a fill-in tour guitarist. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Um, Rock. Yep. Yep. Meatloaf. Wow. Katie Lang. That's the one. I mean, how how can you be more eclectic? You, then, then there's Rod Stewart and L.A. Rats. Right. So you're going from consumable pop music to fucking obscure. To metal. Marilyn Manson and his fake boobs. <laughs> Whatever. Um, no, he he's a great pick. I, 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 he wasn't even on my radar when I was thinking about it. Unbelievable. Great pick, Tommy. Thank you. Where do you want to go next, Arm? Lynch. Guitarist lead? Yep. Joe Satriani. Oh, nice. Good call. Uh, Amazing. A great technical musician. Um, he can sing, even though Flying on a Blue Dream wasn't the greatest album in the world. <laughs> um, he can sing. Uh, his leads are fucking phenomenal. Now, I, I want you preface this by saying i've seen each and every one of these people in concert except for buddy 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 rich so i know what they bring to a show um didn't you want to was no it was uh brisson and i went to see chicken foot with uh satriani no we went and saw that show was it you and me yeah at chicken foot it was um at mohegan sun arena yeah yeah it's him michael anthony michael anthony satriani and uh the the chili peppers guy yeah Chad, thank you. Will I Farrell, stayed in yeah. the Buddy. I stayed in the Buddy Rich room at the um, Carlton Arms in New York City. If that counts for anything, that makes a lot of. Well, there you go. Next time you're there, see if you can get in the Sid Vicious room. I I I watch a lot of. Uh, no <laughs> I watch a lot of Buddy Rich uh, videos growing up because my dad was a big Buddy Rich fan, and my dad. Had oh, a, he's amazing. He had a very eclectic music taste and that's where i get it from um but yeah i i think satriani is just 
holy shit. And he's smooth. It doesn't sound like he's like <clears throat> killing it. He's just smooth. So to digress a little bit, I found a video of Ingvay Malmsteen the other oh, night. Oh, Christ. Again, technically, a great guitarist, but he's so fucking over the top. And it's like, look at what I can do. Look, look at the look at the show I can bring you. There's no like soul in his music. Exactly. Satriani brings soul every time he plays "Flying on a Blue Dream" or "Surfing Summer, with the Aliens." Surfing with the Aliens, "Summer Song." Summer Song. Summer Song is one of the his one of his greatest instrumentals. Satch and, Boogie. Satch Boogie. And every time you hear it, it's a little different depending on his mood mm-hmm. and depending how he feels at the moment. And he's just. Holy shit! Again, another guy that wanted me that drove me to play guitar when I was young because you mm-hmm. know what? If I could play like that, I wouldn't be sitting here with you guys. To be honest, <laughs> you'd probably be yeah. better of a heroin overdose. <laughs> yeah. All right. I guess it's my turn. Mm-hmm. Frenetic energy, man. I'm gonna go right back to. Might as well name my band Frenetic Energy because my favorite guitar player of all time has to make my band that I'm building, Dimebag Daryl Abbott. That's a great pick. All right. All right. Love his leads. All right. um, it's they're thick, they're crunchy, but they're also melodic. So you can lose yourself in a dime bag solo so much so that when after he passed and Vinny gave some unreleased riffs to Nickelback, they made what I consider a decent Nickelback song, even though they suck. They made a great song out of it. Well, and you you, you take a song like this, love that quiet point. In mm-hmm. the beginning, the whining, yeah, and, and just the like slow burn and slow impact to. I'm gonna kick your fucking teeth in here in about two seconds. The opening thirty seconds to Cowboys from Hell is where I'm gonna leave it on the table. Oh, that's uh, again another guy that I admired very much. Uh, the whole band, uh, the drummer, I think is an incredible drummer. He is like big dude puts his heart into it and by the end of the show he is just soaked in sweat his shirt is fucking like dripping and he's just like i'm ready to do it again (laughs) (laughs) i want to make you guys fucking happy i almost picked peter chris on my drummer list but i want somebody to actually play (laughs) i know if tom if tommy brings that back to mark i'm gonna get in a lot of trouble (laughs) yeah he will rip you for that (laughs) (laughs) all right herm you're on the hook all right, so my lead guitarist is 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 Prince. Nice, Minnesota boy, just like our guest. My, my my lead guitarist is Prince. There's not much you have to say. No, and just that, just Prince, just one word. Thunder. Yeah, just musical ability, and yeah, just he, all of it. Boom, a package. He Boom. came up a couple of weeks ago in, in our podcast, and Mike and I had this the same discussion. He's just like the one of the most well-rounded musicians on the planet um god bless his soul um yeah very very missed and you know it's a print song whether he sang it or not just based upon how it was written the musicality yeah musicality mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well you know he was also an incredible guitar player as well i mean he, just very underrated very underrated. i used to go see him a lot back in the early days before uh purple rain hit go down to first avenue and stuff and he would go into these guitar solos that were just unbelievable and i'm thinking to myself watching this why are you not in a rock band because they're that he was that good 
you, you put know, him, and you could put him in any band that you want, whether it's rock, metal, jazz. He right. he covered it all. Yep, I would agree with that. He, yeah. yeah, he could have been what Vinnie Vincent should have been in Kiss. <laughs> I don't know about that. Well, they're all six foot three. Prince is five like foot five. That, that's like saying that um, you know the Atlanta Falcons are going to win the Super Bowl. I say that every year, and it never comes true. He does. Right. And oh, it this doesn't. is another one that's not true. You see how he rubs it in like that? Heard, rubbing it in. Oh, my Lord. What's next on the docket? All right. So, next spot is our lead singer. And we're going back to Tommy on that. Who's your lead singer? Uh, I don't have one. I'm going to use it in a flex position. Ooh. <laughs> he stole my yeah. fucking move. Nice. Interesting. All right. Sorry. No. Uh, I, Cheryl Crow. All right. All right. All right. So, all right. All right. So, no lead singer, but that fills a flex position. Yeah, because if I have a lead singer, it takes away from Charlie Starr and it takes away from Cheryl Crow and the next person I'm going to name. Uh, whereas if a lead, strict lead singer is not there, it opens up the variety for the, the songs. I like him. I like him I a lot. You, so I told I. you when, would. when you hear exa- you know, because when you hear what I have to say, it, oh, I like him. Nobody wants to hear what you have to say. You're just I, you're here for the bread right, and I'm cheese. Only, I'm only I'm I'm only here for the buffet. Right. Um, <laughs> all right. So Cheryl Crow is the flex position. All mm-hmm. right. All right. So we'll yeah. go to Chris. All right. I Who's wanted. Who, okay. See. Tommy kind of stole my thunder on this one too, because my lead singer and one of my flex positions work in tandem. But my lead singer is Michael Paulson from Volbeat. All right, deep, throaty. Yep. He'll go with the frenetic yep. energy. I like. I'm not a huge Volbeat fan, but when you hear his voice, you're kind of locked in. It makes you listen more. Yeah, I and, just saw them the other night. They were amazing. Uh, I saw some of those pictures uh, with Ghost. Correct. Yes, I just haven't gotten around to doing the bull beat stuff yet. Okay. Guys, if you ever want to check this out, I don't, do you have a page for your photography, Tommy? Um, yeah, I have a website, but you can just follow um, follow me on Facebook. You just come onto my Facebook page. There you go, That's Tommy Summers. Yeah. Some of his pictures are fin- phenomenal. Actually, all of them. Who am I kidding? He, he had a picture of me up there from the uh, beaches of Mexico. It was disgusting i look like a melted <laughs> candle it was terrible you waxy butt but yeah it, it, the reason i went with michael paulson versus say a dio or a sammy hagar or a don doc and i wanted that deep throaty so that when yeah. my first flex comes in you'll understand why that happens so uh lynch you're up all right so this is a one of them is, is a flex uh, kinda, but I, I, I'm I'm just gonna cut one and go <laughs> go for broke and say uh, Ian Asbury from the Cult. Oh, wow! Oh, nice. I was just listening to Firewoman earlier today. Wow. So you see my theme here? It's mm-hmm. like arena rock, big production, uh huh, high energy. Yep. And I had the opportunity and the the privilege of seeing the cult several times from high school junior high through college and every show i saw was fucking phenomenal they were around in the 40s when you were in junior oh, high school fuck you 
First time I saw him was 1985. You were 40. <laughs> I was like 13 or 14. Dude. Whatever. Moving right along. Moving right along. All right. So, all right. So, we're, so now we're up to me then. Now we got to play the whole flex okay. position bullshit. Okay. Now. So, all right. So, given that my band is Quest Love, who, who can who who can do backup vocals and, and sing, who Thundercat who can sing. Nile Rogers, who can do backup, and Prince Who's was Prince? my guitarist. So Prince was technically supposed to kind of be. Th- my band has no lead singer. You set these parameters, and now you're fucking us all. No, I'm not. I'm not. My band has no lead singer. Given the talent that I have in the band, I felt the same way. A lead singer would detract from the fact that it's a group of really amazing talent, not Fair. just. Exactly. A, ba- a band trying to break out. I'm creating a band with already known. So the lead <clears throat> singer, singer pulls away the light from my. So I'm going with no lead singer, and we'll. And, all right, and I'm reserving the spot to another allocation. All right, so oh I'm going to take my lead singer spot. I'm going to take one of my flex positions, and I'm adding a two horn. A two-person horn section to the funk. Band. This is a lot. This must be what it's right. like working with Mark Cicchini, who breaks his own rules as he goes along. Am I right, Tommy Summers? Yeah, totally. But it's interesting because the picks are really cool. <laughs> I'm learning a lot tonight. Like I'm gonna drop the lead singer and totally add in a horn section. Can you just get to the fucking pick, please? Oh, okay, that's it. I did. There is no pick. I added it in as a horn section. So my lead singer then is the horn section. I guess there you go, Chris. Do you have uh, horn players in mind? Yeah, no, really. no, just two fucking session dudes. That's all I need. You, you could have at least said Clarence Clemens or well, somebody like that. He was that. on the list for saxophone. <clears throat> I quit. But it's again, it's a two-man horn section. Well, you could also take... That two- can also... It can roll in and out. I'll bring Kenny G in this motherfucker. I don't care. You could also take two picks out of uh, <laughs> Billy Joel's uh, horn section. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, give me just... I just need two horn players on a rotation. All right, so your pick is the horn I'll, section. I'll be like... You. They can be like Mark St. John for half a tour. Fuck off. <laughs> Listen to you. <laughs> Dude who only knows about Kiss through Phantom of the Park is going to throw Mark St. John reference Heard. out there. You can be, they'll be like Mark St. John. They're not really there, but they fill the tour date. I quit. There's nothing else. <laughs> I can't go anywhere beyond that. Just throw it to Tommy. We got flex positions All to right, fill. All right, Tommy, we got flex positions to fill. What's your last flex position? Well, he's got two, My doesn't left. he? No, be- well, I do, but technically I do because I didn't pick a lead singer, but I only have one more person to add to this group because I don't want it to get too cluttered. Okay. My last pick would be Susanna Hoffs from the Bangles. Oh, nice. yeah. God bless you, my friend. When she does the whole yeah. slow lip thing. Could you exactly. put that away, please? And, and, oh, I'll put it away. Here's, here's the reason why, because some people will think this is crazy. I love rock. I love metal. I love pop. I love country. There's all kinds of genres I like. And my first thought was a rock, hard rock band, an arena band, that kind of thing. But then when I started thinking about it, it ended up being more like a Fleetwood Mac kind of thing, where you have Charlie Starr will sing, Sheryl Crow will sing, Susanna Hoff will sing. They all can play instruments, so they can all add to the sound of the actual you know right right like they pick they pick the best vocalist out of the four of them for that one song and then the next song gets a total new set 
of being reconsidered who's the best vocalist for the quality and what we want for that song. Bingo. And so I'm thinking about uh, a record full of just amazing songs that I can listen to over and over again. And when you go see them live, you're blown away at the professionalism and how incredible they are, uh, you know, as far as their talent goes. Yeah, that that's kind of the way where I was going with the whole funk thing. Like you could play one funk album for the whole album and it really doesn't sound like it's 10 songs from the same group all the time. <laughs> exactly it's something different and that's the interesting thing too like about funk music is you can change it ever so slightly just with the bass and it can be a it can sound at least from my perspective it can sound like a completely different type of song what the fuck are you laughing about i'm gonna tell you there? what i'm laughing about you fat fuck you set the rules <laughs> i can understand tommy breaking the rules but you and i on friday night you these are the rules and you broke them you Mark Giacchini I motherfucker. I didn't break them. Look, we were allowed seven positions. You I still have seven positions. I yeah, we did it on a technicality, and you're whining like a bitch. Oh, I, listen I, to you now. I still have seven people, all right? So uh, I haven't even dropped my last flex player in yet. After your seven-horn section and your well, flute no. player, well, yeah. No, so it's, it's only two because all right. I don't need a singer. All right. It's still all right. seven dudes. All right, I'm shutting up. Or ladies. If I, can, I just didn't find any I all liked. Right. All right. Next time you make the rules, be prepared. I'm going to break every Heard. one of them. I'm going to break all the rules. All right, so now that we're talking about breaking rules... Let's see what uh, Chris has got for flex for a flex spot. Flex one or flex two? Which one do you want? Let's go flex one. Flex one. Okay. Much like you guys' bands, I have three potential singers. Michael Paulson's going to lead the way. Zach Wilde can sing. Lemmy can sing. But I want somebody who can do background vocals that could match up with Michael Paulson. I want Michael McDonald in this band. Dude, he was on my list. He was on Thank the you. fucking short list. He's sung That's back great. up. That's with, left field. He's sung back up for more bands than anybody in the history of Christopher anybody. Cross um, is the one that comes to mind the quickest. Uh, was it Ride Like the Wind? That uh, that also Toto. Yep. Uh, there was other songs he's done. Oh yeah. If you if you walk through any Target anywhere in the history of America You'll and hear you hear Michael a song, McDonald. Michael McDonald's going to be singing backup vocals on that song. Shine sweet freedom. <laughs> no, that was that I was the, that was the soundtrack to um, Running Scared. Yeah. Running Scared. Love that movie. All right. So nobody vetoed that. That's good. No, no I like that. absolutely love that. All right, so my first flex player, this would be for bass, is Pete Entwistle. Mm. Wait, John Entwistle? John Entwistle, all right. sorry. John. That's all right, Ace Chris. You can no, I had going. like three names run together here. Jo John Meatwistle. <laughs> John Meatwistle. Wait, I thought that was the guy that works at the corner. That, that's my porno name. Oh, sorry. Uh, Bobby yeah, John Meatwistle. It, John Entwistle. Uh, again, uh, going with... <clears throat> I could plug and play him with uh, Flea and put him in with Buddy Rich as a drummer and he'll just kind of like fall in place and just, he's a guy that can read the room mm -hmm. and re read the stage and how, how his part and position fills in with the band. Understood. So that that's my first flex. Okay. Herm's got six more flexes, so we're just going <laughs> to... We're going to sit back and wait for him to bring the Miami sound machine in as his fucking flex position. Okay. No, actually, I have one more, one more spot, okay. one more, because that would be the seven <laughs> positions. God. It's, it's, it's the job of a manager to reallocate his, 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 
his stuff. Oh my lord! Know? It's the job. All right. So my um, my auxiliary flex position is Stevie Wonder. You Ooh. have my attention. Um, just for keyboards and his musical talent ability, as well as his ability to do lead vocals or backup vocals or play other instruments. Nice. Um, I dropped him in, and this was why, with the use of that that last flex position, that's when I realized I don't need a lead singer. There's four of them in okay. the fucking band. Exactly. Bingo. <laughs> Listen. Oh my off top of my head, before we go into the next pick, Tommy, you guys got a head coach yet there in Minnesota? Uh, rumor is that it's the it's the offensive coordinator of the um, Rams. Thank, get on your knees and thank the gods in the heavens that you're not getting Harbaugh. Well, you want to know something about that? I was indifferent one way or the other because I don't. I'm not a great football mind like you are. And there was a lot of people here in Minnesota that really wanted to see that happen. And when it didn't happen, it got really ugly up here. And even to the point where one of the guys who was the mainstay on the local uh, sports radio just went off about how this is just going to be a yet another thing in a long list of bad mistakes. And within a year or so, if this new coach isn't winning, everyone's going to be like, why didn't you hire Harbaugh? So it's, it's really bad here. No, I'd like to sympathize with you, but... We don't suck any less than you do in Atlanta, so. True. And, and I, look, I really like Quazy, the new general manager. I like what he stands for. I thought he seemed really interesting. So I'm going to let him do his job. It can't get any shittier than it was. Hey, they're selling my fucking team. So. Are they really? Yeah. You know what I heard oh, really? about? You know what I heard yeah. about the Broncos? I heard they're going to move them to the Philippines. Manila folders. The Manila folders. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, no, they announced that the Pat Bowlin. They announced last week the Pat Bowlin Trust and the NFL are in the process of starting the selling process for Ooh. the Broncos. That's we're not. I'm, we're not. We don't. I don't know. I. I, I'm I'm so scared. Vince McMahon is gonna buy your team. I'm so fucking scared, bro. I'm so scared. <laughs> He's all over again. Like, but well, do I, 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 hold on, hold on. I don't. Only hear what no, Tommy has to say. He, Go ahead. He, he wants to know if I think they're gonna move him or not. No, I I don't think they're gonna move him. I think I think any Tommy. I think anybody that came in and tried to move the Broncos would just be like, you know, dis, would just fucking disappear. Like they're not gonna. Right. To, the Denver's not gonna tolerate that shit. You know what I mean? They're, yeah, they're like somebody came in and some somebody even spoke the words like he just come up missing. The cholos would make him disappear. Oh my god, bro. listen to you, sweet up. He would just disappear. No, my issue is <laughs> the way that the teams run and it's run well, and the team's done a lot of good. And I'm just not. I'm, we're, we don't know who who the possible owners are, and you and I both. You know, I mean, you. Yeah. Every. Uh, the you band, the, the, band the band stays the same, fuck. but you change the manager, and it's a completely different fucking band now. Sometimes for the better. Right. Sometimes for the better, but the problem is, is you can't find you don't you can't you don't know that it's to the better until you're on your second tour after you've gone through the first tour. Dynamite drop in, guys. See, listen to this week's three sides of the coin, where they interview Larry Mazer, who told Gene Simmons to knock off the shit and become a musician again. You know, that, mm-hmm. that, but that's what it is. I mean, you don't know if the new management is good 
until you realize the new management is good. I didn't realize we were going right. to go down this rabbit hole. Well, and the nice thing, though, too, is, is that they don't have L.A. to hang over people's heads anymore. L.A. is done. Yeah. They have two teams there now. So the chance of someone moving, it, where are they going to move? Denver is a great place, and it should have football. So at least you don't have to worry about that. But, yeah, if you end up with a Daniel Snyder-type owner or, God forbid, uh, what's his nuts down in Dallas, Jerry? Right. Jerry right, Jones. Right, right. I mean, right. you end yeah. up with somebody who comes in like Jerry Jones who's got a fucking God complex. Yeah, and next thing you know, it your 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 thirty four three point four billion dollar establishment is is shit. Yeah, are we ready for a flex position now? I think we're ready for a okay. flex position now. Call it out. All right, so Tommy gave his. Oh, that's right. He's he, all he, set. He's all set. I'm all done. I've used mine as I substituted for. I, I, I called an audible. Oh, fuck. No, you cheated is what I you called did. an audible. Okay, I'll buy it. <laughs> I may as well. All right. I'll just dump so, it out. Burns, what's your last flex position? I want a keyboard player. I want someone who can mimic the guitar parts or just add thickness to the song. Names came up for me like Gary Corbett, Derek Sherinian, uh, David Bryan, but I kept going back to one name and one name only, and that's Keith Emerson from Emerson, Lake, and Powell. Okay. Palmer. Okay. You have your life, I have mine. <laughs> They're both the same. It's like Van Halen, Van Hagar. Let it go. I know. <laughs> Jesus to me, Christ. To me, ELP will always be Emerson, Emerson Lake, and Palmer. Palmer. I got you. But it's, the Emerson always stayed. Yeah. So I win. See? There you go. No, that's a good pick. Game, set, match, bitch. Keyboards are important to certain bands, and it, it's it's a good dynamic to throw into the mix. It even thickened up Iron Maiden in the late 80s, <clears> where <throat> it was still Iron Maiden, but you had a little bit of the keyboard flavor in Well, there. you remember when Eddie Van Halen got shit for including keyboards in 1984? Yeah. Oh, he's not a guitarist anymore. He's a keyboard board player. <gasps> but that evolved into different things throughout the rest of their career. Yeah, um, but those are asshole gatekeepers who weren't appreciative of the fact that Eddie played more than one fucking instrument. Exactly, and that that just shows that he's a he was actually classically trained as a pianist when he was first. Don't touch my pianist. Yeah, leave my pianist out of this. And he was the original drummer. Yes. And then him and Alex switched Switch roles, positions. Yep. And Eddie's like, "Fuck, I can play guitar. I'll just fucking play guitar." And, and and perfect my keyboard skills. And the world became a better place. Yeah. It did. Um, so, Lynch, who's your who's your last flex? My last flex is a drum player. Um, this was a real conflict for me. But the, it, the bongos. Yeah. No, Mike Portnoy from Dream Theater. Nice. Okay. Um, yeah. Again, having, having seen them several times live and in concert, <laughs> and one of the one of the times I saw them was back in two thousand and five. Where they played Metallica, um, Master of Puppets from start to finish, in a row. Holy shit! What what a fucking show! And that was up here in Boston. Um, that's their Boston boys. <clears throat> I actually got to meet Dream Theater when I was going through college. My friend Kevin, his girlfriend lived in Boston, and I was introduced to the whole band in 1991, and kind of got a little bit of rapport with them. And any time they would play up in that area, you know, Boston, Cambridge, uh, Rhode Island, I would go see them. Did you know I did religious ministry for Jim Henson back in the day? 
They called me the pastor of Muppets. <laughs> yeah, pastor of Muppets. The pastor of Muppets. But, but again, that, that show... <laughs> yeah, he's got issues. Um, but again, that show was just fucking phenomenal. Um, just a tight technical drummer. Um, but again, flexible. He can go through a jazz riff and then lead right into a metal riff and lead right into a just a straight 4-4 rock and roll riff at, at the drop of that. Um, nice. And to me, that's that's the important part of my band that I would want is the ability to go from one genre to the next. And much like Mike's point, you get guys like Portnoy would sing backup vocals for Dream Theater as needed. Um, uh, Flea would sing backups with uh, Chili Peppers. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Satriani, when he was actually singing and he actually hired a, a singer to sing for him, he would sing backup. I mean, you have to have a plug-and-play band that you can, like, all right, you're not going to sing this song, I'm going to sing this song. Let's switch out this guy for this guy, and let's just, like, go from there. Uh, another flex I had, um, but I didn't I didn't really stand by it, mm-hmm. uh, only because, um, I don't know, I think he was more of a, a, a like, a, encapsulated in a time was David Coverdale for lead singer. Not bad. Um, yeah. He, not a, not a horrible singer, but he had his time and he had his place. If you were to put him in a modern situation, eh, can make it work. He could make it work. He's not the most t- terrible vocalist on the planet, but he, he, he still, I mean, it, White Snake, Deep Purple. I mean, his own right. His Coverdale own, Page. Coverdale Page. His own little side projects. Do we want to run down our bands before we say goodbye to Tommy? Starting with Tommy, just read them off. Your band, as it stands. Sure. Um, I'll start. Guitar, Charlie Starr. Lead guitar, John Five. Bass, Philip Schaus. Drums, Butch Vig, and then Cheryl Crow and Susanna Hoffs. Okay. Like it. So my band was Michael Paulson on vocals. Rhythm guitar was Zach Wilde. Lead guitar, Dimebag Daryl. Bass was Lemmy. Drums, Keith Moon. Backup singer Flex 1 was Michael McDonald. And Flex 2 on keyboards was Keith Emerson. All right. So my band, uh, starting with um, singer was Ian Asbury. Lead guitarist, Joe Satriani. Rhythm, Tony Iommi. Bass, Flea. Drummer, Buddy Rich, and um, my two flexes were John Entwistle and Mike Portnoy from Dream Theater. Very Both cool. One on bass, one on drums. And now the rule breaker extraordinaire <laughs> who Bigger. set the rules. Set the rules and broke them. Said, fuck it. Well, if I make them, I can break them, right? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I, I get a strategy here because you know what? There, there are... I, I had this confliction too with like some of my picks. Like, but all I, of ours really had the kind of the same theme. You could have my band, your band, Tommy's band, Mike's band. Any one of them could. Any one been. of them could. You have three to four singers that could. Well, I'm not going to have Michael McDonald sing over a Dimebag Daryl riff, but you saw. You yeah. Could, yeah. You could be on to something now. I could. All right. So my band was on drums, Quest Love. Bass guitar was Thundercat. Rhythm guitar was Now Rogers. Uh, lead guitar was Prince. Uh, my first auxiliary position was Stevie Wonder, and I rotated my singer spot into another auxiliary spot, so I added a two-man horn section. 
Don't forget, coming up, he will also have the <clears throat> E Street Band as one of his picks. That's right. Clarence Clemens. Oh, Christ. bring it on. Well, and it'll be interesting to see how badly you guys get ripped for this episode because I'm sure there'll be a bunch of people going, what do you mean you didn't? No one picked Eddie Van Halen. No one picked Randy Rhodes. No one picked... It's coming. Oh, no, absolutely. And especially with me being the <clears throat> we Kiss... We hope so. With me being the Kiss guy, someone, and I guarantee his initials are JC, are going to be like, dude, you didn't pick Eric Carr, you goofy bastard. And that call will be coming <laughs> on Wednesday after he listens to the show. Well, I, again, I think it, a lot of it encapsulates. No, we like, brought in the eagle. Yeah, <laughs> encapsulates the, the moment in time that they were like at their best and their pop, their mm-hmm. popularity, and how they fit together. And I'm looking more. I was looking more at a perspective of, I could pull any one of these guys, except for the dead one, <laughs> and put him <laughs> on stage, and make it work. You know what I mean? It it it. it it, it just made more sense to me to do that you. than go to people from the 70s and 80s that they had their they rode their coattails in fame and they got to where they needed to be. And Kiss was one of those bands where it's like plug and play. You take this guitarist out, put this one in. Take this bassist out, put this one in. Oh, the drummer died. Pull this guy out, put this guy in. Um, you are treading real thin ice right now, my well, friend. Well, Kiss is a band. <laughs> it's like Spinal Tap. Honestly. The drummer didn't explode. He but died of it's cancer. Like, it's Kiss, like Kiss's amplifiers don't go up to eleven. <laughs> That's a good point. But it's like it's like Spinal Tap. As long as I find a guy that is marginally as good as the previous person, I can put on a show. Mark that, St. John. I can. Put I'm on, done with you guys. I can put on a show <laughs> that people are going to enjoy, and I'm going to get my fucking motherfucking revenue at the door and sell my fucking merch. I mean, you got to look at bands like Metallica. They've replaced two players in 35 years one died in a bus crash the other quit because he felt he wasn't appreciated <laughs> and they're still they they actually still go strong granted they do they have changed their outlook and the the way they yeah i mean like they never put on makeup then took off makeup then put the put makeup back, back on, on. I, I seriously had enough for you two right now <laughs> chris you know how i feel about kiss i don't think they're a bad band just, I do think they're a band, though. You they know, are a band. The gentleman on the phone happens to have the number one Kiss podcast I in the world. I understand that. <laughs> and you're taking a serious piss on it. No, I, I appreciate it. No, no, just, like, just you. It's like, yeah, it, to me, it, music is subjective. It's like trying to tell one person that pizza here is better than pizza there. You, you can't know, beat I've pizza always, here. Uh, yeah, I've always believed that that if you're not a Kiss fan, it's because you simply haven't listened to them. You're exactly. In, you're in Minnesota. You have no clue what good pizza is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there might be some truth to that. <laughs> <laughs> it could be like, I'm pretty sure it's like sand and a although little, it's it's like sand and some glue. He has come out to the East Coast a couple times. Been in New York. He has had good pizza. At oh, one yeah, point in his take, life. Take him down to New Haven. Yeah, no, actually, there's a couple of places here in Minnesota that the pizza is phenomenal. But then again, you'd have to argue what kind is, do you like because oh. I don't like Chicago deep dish. If I'm going to New York City, I'm going to be in Manhattan. Believe no. it or not, 
I would go to Ray's. Sh- Chicago right. deep dish isn't a pizza. It's a casserole. It's a pie. Yeah. It's, a, it's yeah. literally. Minnesota gives us other things to be appreciative for culinary food. Hot like, dish. I was just going to say, Minnesota has this shit called hot dish. And yes. ladies and gentlemen, if you're looking for a recipe, <laughs> there isn't one. Your mother takes whatever leftover meat she has in the fridge, opens up four random fucking cans, sprinkles some rice in it, and bakes it for an hour. Hot dish. I hot forgot dish. about that. Yeah. This, yeah. is, this is called kitchen sink fucking for real, uh, and it, it's it's literally yeah. a Midwest thing, and it's there, there's no two houses make the same hot dish ever in history. Yeah, one hot dish could have hot dogs and rice and beans. Or the hot dish yeah, could have ground oh beef. It's hot dish. It's it's <laughs> as soon as I heard the Minnesota, I was like hot dish. Yeah. Oh yep. my god. Everyone Ta- knows it, but you know, and everyone complains about it, but everyone's like, yeah, oh, but, hey, that's good. Yeah, but nobody's losing weight in Minnesota, so there's got to be no. some going on. <laughs> It's all the it's a, it's a, it's the cans of cream soup. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, that's yeah. That's what they put in it. That's oh yeah, what is. cream yeah, of like, mushroom. Yeah, it's like like yeah. it's like it's cream like cream of half, chicken. Yeah, Lynch. It's literally like uh, it's it's a half a bag of tater tots I found in the fridge, a can of cream of mushroom soup, some chicken from last night's dinner. Um, um, oh, throw that something else. There's some, mix it all up in a That's dish. That's stuff to turn in grape. Throw that yeah, in there. Yeah, you mix it all oh in a God. dish, and you make a big fat casserole, and you bake it and serve it. <laughs> I swear yeah. to God. Yeah, I, it's true. And they ask you, what's you know? for dinner? And you say hot dish, and nobody there even says what's in it. It's just a hot eat it. dish. Yeah. And it doesn't it's matter if you go, to somebody el- you, you go to somebody else's house, and they tell you hot dish, and you know it's different, but you don't care. It's the same. Oh, my God. I love it. Uh-huh. Tommy, yeah. before before we say goodnight, do you have anything you want to pimp, plug, or otherwise push upon the people? Absolutely nothing. Really? What, what's there to say? Uh, if you want to buy a house, go see Tommy Summers. You want to listen to a good Kiss podcast? Listen to Three Sides of the Coin. If you want to watch well, shitty football, the, look at the Vikings. I mean, come on. Who said the Three Sides is a good show? It is a good show. Oh. Uh, no, I, I I came on here because I thought it would be fun, but I have nothing to to pimp. Uh, All right, nothing wrong with that. I think I did enough pimpage before you got on about your many many wonderful qualities, and I found out now that the hot dish just kind of blew them all out of the water. It's the hot dish, bro. It's the hot dish. Yeah, it's the hot but, you know, shit. But, there are, but there are certain types of hot dish. I'm going to leave it at that. That people do know. Like if you say I'd like I'd like some like Chinese hot dish, there are Chinese hot dish out there you can there are like people who are doing recipes now oh yeah so. yeah yeah it's it's there, it dude swear to god, it's hot dish fusion swear to fucking god kind of like yeah. the spam thing in hawaii yeah but it'll only instead of instead of like their normal hot dish they're opening like cans of like cans of like the the chicken chow mein in a in a can and this yeah. in a can and like throwing yeah doing it with ramen noodles and yeah. and sh- yes give me a pen Next yes. time Tommy's on the show, hot, create hot, hot dish fusion. Create your own hot dish. Ooh. I like this. Ooh, create well, your tater own tot hot dish is my favorite. Yes, mine too is the, that one because you can go anywhere with the tater tot. You put the tater tots yeah. on the bottom, and then you can go anywhere from that. You can add cheese, a cream soup. You can put eggs on top of that, make it a breakfast hot dish. Who invited the chef? Oh, wait. Oh, we wait. Did. We, did. we did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if you're ever in Connecticut, go to Noble Smokehouse and visit Herm. He makes the best barbecue in Connecticut. Yeah, best award-winning I barbecue. I will actually be. I will be in Connecticut. I'm gonna. I'm the road manager for Flip for the three dates with Ace Fraley coming up in May. You're going to be anywhere near the southeastern Connecticut, New London, Norwich, Mystic area? I couldn't tell you. All I know is that we're coming to, oh, uh, God, uh, New Haven. 
Okay. Oh, good pizza down there. Yeah. yeah. Good pizza down yeah. in New Haven. Ladies yeah. and gentlemen, his name is Tommy Summers. Tommy, thank you so much for your time tonight, and it won't be the last time I call on you. Not a problem. It was my pleasure. Nice meeting you guys. Thanks for letting me join. Yeah, thanks thank for coming you. on the show, Tom. Yeah, thanks for coming, man. Yep. It was awesome. Have a great week, guys. Stay out of trouble. You, you too. too, Tom. Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye. All right. Wow, I learned more than I needed to know about hot dish. I knew what it was, but wow, you get that Minnesotan flair on it, and all of a sudden, hot dish takes on a whole new meaning. Well, it's like chow mein is is not a Chinese dish. It's, no. It's an American dish that they created for workers in during the Depression. Whatever the fuck's left over, we put noodles in it, we serve it. Chicken chow mein, rat chow mein, raccoon chow mein. Pork chow mein. Doesn't matter. Hey, before we go. Dog chow mein. Um, Herm and I will be back next week. Not sure what we're going to do. Uh, hopefully on the 21st of this month we record on the 21st you guys will get it on the 23rd two brothers extreme paranormal will be joining us and sometime hopefully once you return lynch will be joey casada and then nathan hunt two separate episodes both of them are ridiculously upset that they couldn't do tonight one uh nathan is putting uh Final Touches on the new record, cool. which should be coming out in about a month or two. Look out for that. They've dropped a couple songs on uh, Apple Music. Go check that out. One of them is Bird Dog. Very fantastic song. Joey's just all over the place, and um, he's nuts. He's crazy, and he does a lot of different things. Check out his book, Start With a Dream or the Wrestling with Joey Licious gimmick, that he's got two books right now that are uh, Wrestling with Joey Licious. So... Please check those out to you, my friend. Uh, we'll be here when you get back, man. Well, Do you a- and take care of you. And I can't say that enough. Take care of you. And there's nothing saying that I can't call in uh, during one of the episodes. Yeah, you're going to have to run that by management. I'm yeah. not sure that's going to work. Well, we'll try. <laughs> I don't no. know. Let's ask. Management, will that work? Yeah, we can make that work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. you're going to fill out your TPS reports. <laughs> <laughs> if you guys are listening to this on Wednesday when it drops, please tune into the Speedway Review live on Facebook Wednesday night. I and my team will be going over the clash at the L.A. Coliseum. The Wow, it was exciting, but it was also like watching full-sized bumper cars. You had a pre-race performance by Pitbull. You had a mid-race performance by Ice Cube. And believe me when I tell you, the good old boys are not happy. Based on what I'm seeing on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, the good old boys aren't happy. But you know what? The good old boys aren't everything about racing right now. No, they're not. I'm going to feed them their racist ass on Wednesday night. Oh, and Herm, I agree with you. I think curling is the best fucking Olympic event. Three (laughs) fat guys, a broom, and a big-ass weight. I'm looking forward to watching the rest of the Olympics. Uh-oh. I hear the drums. I hear them, too. Guys, take care of yourselves. We wish you the best in Thank the next you. five yeah, weeks. Herman and I will be with you next week. We will see you again right here on Dysfunction Junction. Peace. <laughs>